This is John Zaninovich. Welcome to Move My Mass. You'll be hearing from great guests talk about balancing life and being fit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Move My Mass. Uh, today's guest is an amazing woman. Uh, her resume is long enough to be a episode all on its own. Uh, she is a wife to a very energetic husband, a mother to three very uh, busy boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, registered nutrition nutritionist, a twenty-time marathoner, sixteen-time Boston qualifier, multiple ultra run finisher. Which, uh, for those of you who don't know, those are those range from thirty to hundred mile plus runs. Uh, she did rim to rim to rim, Grand Canyon, uh, which has I think close to twelve thousand feet in elevation gain. So obviously quite accomplished as an athlete and a nutritionist. So I would like to welcome Nicole Jamara. Hi. Welcome to the show, Nicole. <laughs> Thanks. So obviously a lot of talk about with everything you've accomplished <laughs> and what you do. But my first question as a nutritionist mm-hmm. and with everything going on social media and everybody, you know, everybody wants to lose weight. What is your least favorite fad diet? What, mm. If you were going to be like, oh, I cannot stand when people talk about this. What oh, is that? That's a tough one. I mean, that's a whole episode, that question right there. I bet it, I bet it is. Yeah. Um. God, I, I have so many least favorites. I'm not a fan of diets at all. Um, any restrictive dieting. Um, I'm not a real big fan of the keto diet right now. That's probably the one that gets the most um, hype and press in the media and social media. Um, mostly because it's you know it is a highly restrictive diet for one. Um, two, it can be if not, if done, there's, there are ways I suppose you could quote unquote, make it a healthy keto diet. Um, I don't advocate the keto diet, just I'm going to throw that out there. Um, but most people, when they do follow a keto style of eating, it's a lot of um, really high saturated fat meats, cheeses, uh, which we know saturated fats contribute to um, heart disease, increase our risk for heart disease because they are the one type of fats that can increase our LDL cholesterols, which are our bad cholesterols that contribute to heart disease. So, and is that because it gives them an excuse to eat like that? Because a keto diet doesn't have to be like that, correct? It doesn't have to be. You but could, it's like it's like the Atkins diet sure. when that was happening. It's like, oh, I get to eat a cheeseburger without the bun right. and eat as many as I right. want. And throw cheese and bacon on it. And, right, right. right. And maybe wrap it in a piece of lettuce. Okay, like there's a yeah. vegetable. And it's, it's very low in fiber, which fiber we know is really important for our gut health and keeping our our gut healthy, um, keeping our bowels regular, also for heart health. Um, it's really low in fruits and vegetables. So there's not a lot of produce in a keto diet. And we know fruits and vegetables are really important, um, not just for vitamins and minerals, but also for phytochemicals, antioxidants that are also really important for our heart health and just our overall health as well. So I feel like um, it is a, it's a way of eating that is not sustainable for most people. I don't know many people that have been on the keto diet for a long period of time, right? Because as soon as, you know, anything rolls around that involves carbohydrates, birthdays, holidays, 
parties, you know, eating out with friends, it starts to become really difficult to sustain. So I don't love that one because not really healthy, good for the body long-term, um, not sustainable. And then it just, you know, you may lose weight, but then you're right back to where you started once you stop right. following and that I, diet. And I wanted to start off with that question because of social media, mm-hmm. podcast, or just in general, you know, friends talking, everybody's looking for that quick fix, right? Mm-hmm. Or even if it's not a quick fix, they're looking for the, what can I enjoy while I'm dieting? If right. they want to call it a diet. So yeah, I wanted to get that one out of the way that the fad <laughs> diet or trendy diet, whatever you want to call it. So what, for the general pop, not the, not the athlete or mm-hmm. the high performance endurance person, just the general, what, what, what do you recommend? Like what, what approach to nutrition do you recommend? I, I really recommend and try to impress upon people that I work with to have a very flexible mindset as it relates to food and eating um, and not, um, and when I say diet, and I, I mean diet just in, in a pattern of eating, right? Not necessarily a restrictive diet. So when I say diet, that's what I'm referring to as a pattern, a way of eating. So um, a diet that allows for flexibility and enjoyment. So food is not just what we eat to fuel our bodies and nourish our bodies, but it's also, you know, it's social, it's emotional, it's surrounded with um, traditions and families and friends and holidays. So I think to have um, real balance, balance, I guess is the right word with food is to be flexible, to allow all foods in your diet um, while still respecting uh, foods that might be I'm better for your personal and individual health. So, you know, I know for me, I feel best. I feel physically and, and mentally my best when I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. I eat a lot of um, whole grains and beans and lentils and fish and nuts and things like that. That makes me feel my best. So I try to eat that way most of the time. But I have a sweet tooth. I like ice cream. I like cookies. I like candy. I like wine. I don't deny myself those things. Because the minute you start denying those things, what's the one what's the one thing you want and you think about and you crave those things that you're denying and restricting, right? So by allowing um, flexibility in your diet, um, I think that that's the best way to um, be sustainable. And that's what I that's the approach that I take with people that I work with too. And I kind of knew that you know following you on Instagram mm-hmm. and I saw your post, I'm like, I have to have her as a guest because <laughs> it, move my mass is about balance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all, you know, with working out, it's not, I have to hit it hard every single day. Right. You know what? It's okay to go to lunch with your friends. And whoops, I didn't get, I didn't get that three hour ride in. I actually went and enjoyed my family and friends because mm-hmm. you need that balance. Absolutely. And I see you approach nutrition like that, which is extremely important. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of people you can go follow if you just want to eat grilled chicken breast and broccoli. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's and boring. <laughs> it is boring and it's not sustainable. Exactly. You know, it works. It, sure. it gets you to a goal, mm-hmm. but it's not for long-term living, right. I don't, you know, or a habit or mm-hmm. lifestyle. I don't think it can be sustained. I well, can't sustain it. Some people can, but I can't. Some people can. And the thing right. is, you know, I think you pointed out something interesting is that, yes, there's a there's a lot of ways to to get to a goal, right? You know, there's not one way of eating or even um, dieting for managing weight that 
you know, there's not one way to do it. There's a lot of ways to skin the cat, right? Like you can, you can do it a lot of different ways. You can eat chicken and broccoli and brown rice every meal, or you can, you know, go keto or you can, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can do these things. But I think the question for most people comes to, is it sustainable? Is it something that you're going to enjoy? Um, because if, if the answer is no to both of those, then I think you have to ask yourself, well, why are you, why are we doing this? You know? Right. Right. So, so back to, trendy diets or fad diets mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is would be considered a fad diet but intermittent fasting mm. what's your take on that well it depends that's a very dietitian answer to say it depends <laughs> <laughs> um it really depends on the person. Uh, first, I'll say the research on intermittent fasting on humans is still somewhat in its infancy. A lot of the research that we have has been done on animal studies, which, you know, we do a lot of animal research because, you know, a lot of times it's not ethical to do nutrition or health research on humans. So we have a lot of animal studies to to back up a lot of things, which is fine. But we can't always translate that data 100% to humans, right? I mean, we're not the same. So, um We have some data that's coming out, some studies that are coming out that are looking at intermittent fasting compared to just normal eating for weight management. And over the long term, and keep in mind, even these studies aren't even that long, right? Like we think long term, we're thinking five years plus, but these studies might be looking at 12 weeks, 15 weeks. You know, maybe maybe a year, maybe. Um, And it's not really looking at, it's not showing to be any different than just a regular pattern of eating. So while it might work for some people, um, so yeah, that's not to say it doesn't work for some people. It can, sure, it absolutely can. Um, But also, you know, I think when you shorten your eating window, you're probably consuming fewer calories. And at the end of the day for weight management, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not exactly... Um, you know, it is calories in, calories out, but it's not as, as simple as that. There are, there's a lot of other factors that get in the way, like sleep and hormones and genetics and activity levels and yeah. health issues. Um, but this is a very long answer to your question. By the That's way. okay. We, we have nothing but time. Um, but, uh, but so intermittent fasting can be a way to minimize your intake, right? Um, because if you have a shorter eating window, it's pretty hard to cram in, let's say if you need 2000 calories a day and you're only eating for six hours, it's hard to get 2000 calories in, in six hours. I I, I could do that. Well, some (laughs) people could do it. I mean, some people could, but it's hard to do, right? Um, so, but then, so there's one thing, you know, then I look at it from the flip side too, is it, well, obviously for athletes, I would never recommend intermittent fasting at all. It's just too difficult to, especially if you're training for performance, it's too difficult to um, train and stay fueled and recover properly for your training when you're in this little shortened eating window Um, or you're fasting for a day. It's just, they're not compatible at all. Um, And then I also work with clients that have eating disorders and anything like this, it starts to, it starts to mimic disordered eating, plain and simple. So I, I look at it from that lens also that, um, and that's another thing with any sort of diets is that I look at it from, gosh, it really looks a little disordered <laughs> when you start to think about it. So um, so I'm not a huge fan of intermittent fasting um, for all those reasons. Um, but if people are interested in trying some form of that, I, I say, well, why don't you just try a 12-hour window? 
You know, yeah. that mimics more of a normal eating pattern in a day. You know, you're going 12 hours where you may have um, breakfast at seven and you have dinner by seven. And then you've got a 12 hour fast overnight. That's a form of intermittent fasting. And I think that that's more sustainable for people in a normal, you know, with normal lives. Yeah. And you might say I'm crazy when I've done this is I've done two things, what I would consider a bad diet that have I'm not going to say they worked for they worked for me short term, mm-hmm. um, but obviously I can never. Paleo diet was one. Mm-hmm. I was doing CrossFit for a while, and you know CrossFitters are heavy into paleo. Yeah, I did it, but I I did it on a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. I, but what it didn't work for me was my endurance. I was CrossFitting while training for an Ironman, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the energy to go for my long runs and rides because I was getting I wasn't getting enough carbs in. Yep and balanced nutrition. Saying that, at the same time, I did lose body fat at a faster pace than my other nutrition programs, mm-hmm. short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long term, I didn't. But yeah, it didn't work It didn't work for me long term, and it didn't work for me as an endurance athlete. I have no clue if it would have worked for me in regular life, but that was, I was, I'm just, all I'm saying, that was my one experiment, not even experiment, my one go at a, mm-hmm. I guess what, you know, at a diet. Well, I think, and I think your experience, your experience is pretty common. You know, you did it for a while. It worked for a while. It, you know, these kinds of diets don't work for most endurance athletes, like you said, because there aren't enough carbohydrates. Um, but, you know, I think that that's not, that's not uncommon. You know, you have a short-term, you have a short-term benefit. Um, but again, it goes back to that sustainability and flexibility. For and I play, I play with diets, not, I don't do a lot of, that was my one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it just because I was like, what? Because I do pay attention to nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to do something different. Yeah. Not, I'm not worried about my body fat or my weight. Um, but just to do some, to get out of a rut, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Let me do something different. Let's, let's try this. And, but I did it right. You know, I ate lean and lots of vegetables. I didn't just go eat meat all day long, mm-hmm. you know, which some people do. But what what is your approach to your because you are training for an Ironman mm-hmm. and you're training for multiple half Ironman races? What is your approach for yourself nutritionally versus the general population that you would advise? Um, well, I think for athletes, for myself, one thing, and then for athletes in general, especially endurance athletes, um, the biggest thing that um, I think that can get overlooked is the fueling before, during, and after workouts that is so important. Um, A lot of times I think people are, and I really try to focus on making sure that I'm fueled. Anything that's longer going to be a workout that's longer than an hour. Um, And then sometimes even shorter workouts, just depending on the time of day, I make sure I get you know, I eat before, I make sure that I've got enough fuel for during, and then I really hit that recovery nutrition. Um, you know, that's, that is a non-negotiable because um, when you are training back-to-back days or even multiple workouts in a day, you have to replenish your glycogen stores, which is your carbohydrate stores and your muscles, right? You have, to, you have to get protein in so that you can start rebuilding that muscle tissue that gets broken down during your training so that you can be back at it the next day, right? So that's one thing when I'm training is I really try to pay attention to those, you know, that, that piece of it. How 
do supplements play a role in your nutrition? They can. So, so if we're talking, are we talking supplements like vitamins, minerals, or protein powders? Any kind. Uh, um, yeah, protein powders, vitamins. They can. So, um, as it relates to protein powders or some sort of um, you know supplement that in that category, I do occasionally use them. Um, I don't always recommend them if. For some athletes, you know, I have a couple of high school athletes that I work that I work with that are um, male athletes in high school that have huge calorie and protein needs, right? Like those kinds of athletes, you know, supplements can be really helpful when they just have, they need so much, right? Um, but for me, I find most days I can get what I need from food. Um, sometimes I'll throw in, you know, some, a, a protein powder, whey protein powder is really good for recovery. So occasionally, but it's not something I always rely on. Um, as it relates to, and I'm just talking about me personally, right? Um, again, this is another highly individualized, um, issue or topic of discussion, but, um, and as it relates to vitamins and minerals, I don't really take anything. Oh. <laughs> I, well, then you, that, I obviously you have do. a very balanced diet then. I try to, I try to. And, and if I part. feel like there's some, and, and I can kind of have, I have a sense that if I'm lacking in something, you know, I, I, I would love to eat more fish. I don't eat as much fish as I would like. Um, some of it is availability in, in where we, you know, in Bakersfield and where we live. Yeah. Um, so I do occasionally take omega-3s, um, something I probably should do more often. Sometimes mm-hmm. I take a multivitamin if I think about it. Right. I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. a little it, bit it, relaxed about it. <laughs> well, this is, I, I think this that was a perfect answer for the audience because people are being overwhelmed with information right now. Mm-hmm. Take this, uh, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, greens, you know. Take this green supplement. Mm-hmm. This is where you can get all your greens, and take this protein powder. And which I take, I take the basics. You know, multivitamin, protein sure. powder. Uh, just because sometimes I'm not getting enough whole foods in my mm-hmm. diet throughout the day. It's just something quick after a workout and instead I think, of and I think making a meal. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a multivitamin is a good insurance policy for most people, um, especially for men. Um, not necessarily for women because um, oh, the the minerals and mostly it's minerals that we mo- we need more of like calcium. Multivitamins are pretty low in calcium. Um, they're not going to have omega threes. They're you know they're they're high in in nutrients that we get more readily from food, right? Like B vitamins you get from food. Vitamin C you get a lot of it from food if you're eating a, a varied balanced diet. So, but for most people, there's nothing wrong with a multivitamin. It can be a good just. Uh, you not know, hurt anything. No, right? it's certainly not going to yeah. hurt. Absolutely yeah. not. And a protein powder, you know, like you said, if you're if you're kind of lacking here and there, and if you're training heavily, nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of hype right now, and it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and honestly, it's nothing new. It's the supplement industry is a huge industry. It's been yes. around for a long time. Um, you know, I do recommend supplements for people when they're necessary, um, but I don't blanketly have protocols that I recommend. You know, people take X, Y, and Z supplements just because. Uh, unless we have data that there is a documented deficiency or in doing a diet recall with somebody, I see that they're not eating certain foods regularly in their diet and they're not necessarily willing to change that, then you know supplements can be really right. beneficial. Right. But I think sometimes people forget that the supplement industry is not regulated in the way that our, our um, prescription drug industry is re- like regulated. So you know we don't have those... Um, 
safety measures in in the manufacturing of supplements. So unless it's been third party tested and and verified that what is in the bottle and on the label is are matching up, um, I think we have to be really careful. Uh, we have to be really careful with the claims that the supplements make because they're not always true, and there's not really any laws that stop them from you know making claims so it's super hard not to pay attention to it because usually it's somebody super fit yep that's endorsing that product Mm -hmm. they even it might be their product right even though i mean they have to buy the the ingredients and package it but yeah you have this person online that's got eight percent body fat looks Mm -hmm. amazing or this beautiful fitness model saying this is what they take, yep. which which is fine, mm-hmm. but it's overwhelming for the general population yeah. to see that and hear it and say, oh, if I take that, then that's where I'm going to end up. Right. And you and well, I and both I think, know that's not how it works. Yeah. And I think too, is it is, you know, some, and for some people it can be viewed as a quick fix that if I take this, then that's going to help me get from point A to point B. And that's not, not always the case, like you said. Um, I do always recommend that people, if they are thinking of taking a supplement, to look for one that is third-party verified um, through either NSF or Informed Choice uh, for Sport. Those are two um, labels that you can look at. And what is NSF? NSF, um, I'm, gonna, I'm blanking on what NSF stands for. Is it National... Safety Foundation, sanitary. I'm embarrassed that I don't know that. That's okay. NSF is, NSF, you want to look for NSF. NSF or informed choice. Okay. Um, those are two um, organ- third-party organizations that do testing on supplements and will verify you know, the contents of the supplement match up with what's on the label. And they also look at the manufacturing process as well. And that really becomes important for athletes, especially athletes that might be drug tested. You know, They can't be taking supplements that are potentially contaminated, right? So yeah. um, so that that starts to get important for for athletes that might be drug tested as well. So so for me, day-to-day nutrition, mm-hmm. it's not that it's hard, but being busy and sometimes planning the meals and getting into meals and what am I going to eat tomorrow to make sure I'm eating right? Mm-hmm. What's your what's your cheating advice? What's your quick <laughs> or what's your uh, hey? Here's how to make your next day easier on nutrition. What are what are some of your tips to have people get have an easier time eating right? Well, you said you said it actually. Um, the first thing that I always recommend people do is have a plan because you can't just wing it, right? I mean, if it's something that's important to you that you have, um, you know, that you have things in the house to to make balanced meals and to make good meals that that are healthy for you and your family you have to have a plan you know that's just step one right there's no getting around that so I, I mean when I work with people and I do this myself is I have one day a week where I sit down and I plan it all out and yeah. I write it all down and um, and now that my kids are getting older I have to take input from them because they have opinions about what they like to eat too. So, you know, we talk about, okay, what are we going to have for lunches? Breakfast is pretty easy in our house. Everybody kind of does their own thing. Mm -hmm. We have everything for breakfast that everybody likes. Fine. Lunches, you know, making sure that we have all the stuff that everybody wants to make for their lunches. Um, Dinners get, obviously, I think a little more complicated for most families uh, that are busy and have kids. And um, so having a plan, I mean, start there, right? Yeah. And I think one other thing that I that a trick that I use and it's 
I mean, it's nothing novel or new, but having theme nights for planning meals, because then, you know, if you have say meat, like meatless Monday, taco Tuesday, if you have ideas like that, it just narrows your, your recipe or your cooking plan. Right. So if you know, Monday is a meatless day, you know, you might, it might be a a lentil soup or a veggie chili, or maybe you're going to make veggie burgers, or maybe you're going to get fancy and do some sort of tofu stir fry. Okay. That's Monday, Tuesday. If it's a taco Tuesday, but you're sick of tacos, maybe it becomes uh, an enchilada casserole, or maybe you do like shredded chicken in the slow cooker that everybody's going to throw onto a tortilla and make burritos, you know? Um, So things like that, I recommend people use to kind of help guide their meal planning. And I always recommend to plan to not to cook too. So that if you are cooking, plan to make leftovers because those leftovers can always get repurposed. I'm a big fan of the slow cooker for making proteins like chicken, beef, and pork that you can have shredded and use for tacos or burritos or quesadillas one night. And then it becomes, you know, something you can throw on a salad the next day for lunch. Um, So I like the cook once, eat twice kind of method. Um, But then also planning again to maybe, maybe takeout is part of the plan, right? right? It's like, that's, I, I'm kind of a cook for four nights in a row and then I'm done. I need a day off. <laughs> right. Yes. So I always I, I always bake into the plan, you know, a takeout where we'll we will plan to go pick something up and and bring it home. Um I also make sure that I look at the calendar when I'm planning and I recommend people do that because you don't want to be planning to try a new recipe on a night when you know you got a meeting and the kids have an activity and you're going to have 20 minutes to get dinner together. That's the night to go with something quick, easy. Maybe that's the slow cooker, you know, shredded chicken from the slow cooker and everybody makes a taco and that kind of thing. So it just goes back to having a plan. Because a quick... Back to your, yeah, don't try the new recipe on the busy night. You're right. Because <laughs> a quick way to failure in nutrition is when it's not enjoyable. Exactly. If yeah. you didn't enjoy that meal or the experience of mm-hmm. prepping it, you know, it can throw, it can derail it. That has derailed me before. Yeah. Like, you know what? I did not enjoy making this meal right. whatsoever. Well, Where's I think, my damn pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Grubhead. Yeah, right. um, yeah. But I think now, you know, there's so many, there's so many ways to streamline even the cooking process. You know, you can get pre-cut veggies at the grocery store. You can get, um, you know, you can get pre-marinated proteins in the, in the meat aisle. You can get frozen brown rice. There's so many ways that you can make, you know, you can make a nutrient-dense, healthy meal really quick, right? So I think it's just getting a little more creative and um, you know, taking some time to kind of see what's out there and kind of incorporate some new things into your routine. And then it does, but it takes practice too. You know, for a lot of people, it's oh, it not does. something that they're used to doing. So I think it does take a little bit of practice. Yes, it takes a little bit more time to make a meal than it does to put something frozen in the oven, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I have I have frozen meals on the ready because that's there right. are nights where maybe I plan to make something and frankly, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> right. So that's a night where a pan of chicken enchiladas from the freezer are going in and that's totally fine too. Yeah. So I think being flexible in your meal plans as well needs to be part of it. That, you know, just recognizing that it's okay if you're not going to cook. I... You know, one thing we order pizza, I always have broccoli on the side with our pizza, or I always make a salad. So there's ways that you can still fit some nutrition into meals that maybe are less, you know, nutrient dense. Less nutrient dense, but yeah. Because my, since we sold our business, I, you know, when we had our business, 
I was in a routine. I knew where I was going to be eating every mm-hmm. single day. It was super easy to eat mm-hmm. correctly. Now, my every single day of mine is different every day, except for the morning. The morning mm-hmm. is the same. But after that, when I'm out and about during the day, All bets are off. <laughs> I might be in the South Valley or North Valley or right. a lot of driving. And I am not a meal prepper. Mm-hmm. I've tried it numerous times and I just couple things. One, I don't like to eat the same thing that many times. Mm-hmm. I'm not that good at it. And then it, what happens during my day a lot of times is someone will say, hey, let's go to lunch or let's, or things come up where I'm right. not going to have that meal and I end up throwing it away and I got tired of throwing away all that food. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, for the person that's traveling or on the road or they just work their work day is not the same every day. Mm-hmm. It can be challenging. And right. you, know, you can tell me how wrong I am on this, but I'll, I usually get a good breakfast in. It's you know, a good start. <laughs> and then then I'm winging it until dinner. It's And I rely, what I rely on is trail mix. Honestly, I rely on trail mix thing. and maybe a banana or something like that. And I just don't know how many calories are in that bag. Uh-huh. That's scary on trail mix. There's a lot of calories. Nuts are very nutrient dense. Yes. And you don't have very many. And so you just have to be aware of that. Sure. Okay, I've had enough. But that's how I handle it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a good approach. I think that you're, you know, you found something that works for you. Um, For people that do travel around and have unpredictable schedules, that's another thing I always recommend is plan for that unpredictability, right? So have things, you know, I have a client that I um, saw this past week and she's, you know, a very similar situation where, um, you know, regular lunches, even packing lunches, not always, um, you know, the it's, it's not always as easy for her either because of her schedule and the unpredictability of it. So, you know, we talked about ways to pack for that, pack to have snacks, have things in the car, have things in her purse, um, you know, have things in the desk drawer that when lunch doesn't happen for whatever reason, whether you're driving or your meetings or whatever, uh, that you have something so that you're not going too long without eating. That's that's one thing that I do recommend people try to avoid doing is that when you do go too long um, and you get too hungry, uh, that primal hunger hunger can kick in, and it makes it really hard to make good decisions about your next eating opportunity, right? If you're yeah. super hungry, and if it's been all day, right? Um, you know, there's so there's um, there's a lot of things you can do, like trail mix and fruit is very portable. You know, even you know, there's a lot of different like little snacks that you can pack. Um, you know, if it's for some people, it, it makes sense to pack like a little cooler bag so that you have you know other things like. I don't know, hummus and veggies and things like that. Or maybe you, you pack a small sandwich that if it doesn't get eaten that day, it's not the end of the world because it's been right. in your cooler pack or something. So there's always ways around it. Um, there's always there's always a solution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think you found one that works. Um, but I do encourage, you know, it does, but it takes a little bit of extra thought and preparation. Um, so it's not, if it's not something that you're used to doing, you know, people can find themselves, you know, stuck with, well, there was nothing else to eat because all there was was a Taco Bell. You know that's fine, but if if it's not if that's not part of your plan, if you don't want that to be part of your plan, you just have to take a few extra minutes in your day or in your week to plan it. Yeah, I'm big yeah. on planning. <laughs> and that's you know, so you know, there's consistent things that you've been hitting on today, and planning is definitely at the top, mm-hmm. probably. Um, getting your whole foods and you know supplements aren't a big part of your nutrition program, and mm-hmm. it's not a part of your nutrition program that you recommend a lot. It's not that you're against them, but 
you're you're a huge Whole Foods person, mm-hmm. like get your nutrition through Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people ask me, John, like when I'm at a party, birthday party or a gathering, and they see me eating whatever I want at that party, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're, you know, I get the comment all the time, you are so lucky you can eat that. You know, you like, well, it's not, it's not lucky that I can eat it. But I tell people, you know what? This is where I eat like this. Mm-hmm. Like some people have cheat meals. Some people are super strict all week. I'm sure you've heard of that. And then mm-hmm. they have their cheat meal on Sunday. It's their cheat meal day. They're going to eat whatever they want on Sunday. Right. I don't eat like that. I tell people, get together as are my cheat meals. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it when you go to, if somebody invites me to lunch to Luigi's, I'm going to eat what I want there. If I'm going to go to, my nephew's birthday party and they are having hot dogs mm-hmm. and chips and dip. I'm going to enjoy it. Good for you. You know, and that's, and that's, uh, those are my cheat days if you mm-hmm. want to call them that. Mm-hmm. But it goes with the whole thing that you talked about earlier is balance. Mm-hmm. And you have to have balance in your nutrition, balance in your lifestyle, balance in your fitness program. And, you know, I just I want to thank you so much for coming on today because you've hit on all the points that I am all about and move my mass and balance. And it's nice to hear from a nutritionist talk about that mm-hmm. instead of pitching the super strict, <laughs> you know, make sure it's, well, I'm not even going to throw out percentages, but yeah, a certain percentage has to be protein and a certain percentage has to be carbohydrates and certain percentage is healthy fats and just be strict, strict, strict. That's not what life's about. And long-term, that's not the way you're going to be healthy. Right. So I appreciate you coming on so much today. Yeah, thanks for having me. really nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)